0: believers strengthened in their faith and for their Jewish kinsmen to come to the saving knowledge of Jesus as the Messiah, the Son of God.
1: Bless the Lord, good evening to you and welcome to For Zion's Sake. We thank you for joining us. We're the Volks. My name is Shelley, And my name is June. Hi
2: everyone.
1: It's good to be with you as we begin another week of broadcasting. In actuality, Junie, what we're doing is continuing where we left off last week in discussing the spring feasts of the Lord. Namely, they are Passover, the Feast of Unleavened Bread, and the Feast of First Fruits. They are foreshadows, each one of them, of what was to take place. Passover, as we discussed last week, has been celebrated for about 3,500 years, commemorating what took place on the last night that the sons of Israel were in Egypt. The blood of the slain lamb was put on the doorposts and lintel of the homes of Jewish people, and the Lord passed over their homes, which was protected by the blood of the lamb. Jesus is called in 1 Corinthians 5, 7, our Passover lamb. He is the Passover lamb, and what took place on that night was a foreshadowing of how Jesus lived his life. So Passover starts in the Hebrew month, Nisan, on the 14th. The Feast of Unleavened Bread in Nisan starts on the 15th. And the First Fruits is on Nisan 16. So we see they're lumped together and they usually refer to as the Feast of Passover, including the other two.
2: And for those of you who don't know what unleavened bread is, that's matzah.
1: Right. So, when three times the Jewish men in Israel were called to Jerusalem to the temple, that was on Passover, on, uh, I just went blank, on Pentecost, and the Feast of Tabernacles.
2: And that's three times a year.
1: Three times every year, the men of Israel had to get gather together in Jerusalem. So, let's focus in on the Feast of Firstfruits. And I doubt if too many people in the church without a Jewish background will recognize that Feast of First Fruits is a celebration or the future celebration of the resurrection of Jesus. It started on an agricultural basis, but it had spiritual significance. If you have your Bibles, turn with us to Leviticus 23, beginning at verse 9. Leviticus describes all the Feasts of the Law, beginning with Passover and ending with the Feast of Tabernacles. Leviticus 23, I'm going to read from verses 9 to 14.
2: That was all the feasts of the Lord, L-O-R-D, not law, Right, L-A-W. Verse 9 in Leviticus
1: 23. Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to the sons of Israel and say to them, When you enter the land which I am going to give to you and reap its harvest, then you shall bring in the sheaf, S-H-E-A-F, of the first fruits of your harvest to the priest. The harvest at this time was barley. And he shall wave the sheaf before the Lord for you to be accepted. That's a key thing. They they shook it before the Lord to be accepted. On the day after the Sabbath the priest shall wave it. Now on a day when you wave the sheaf, you shall offer a male lamb, one year old without defect, for a burnt offering to the Lord. Its grain offering shall then be two-tenths of an ephah of fine flour, mixed with oil, an offering by fire to the Lord for a soothing aroma. With its libation, use a force of hin of wine. Until that same day, until you have brought in the offering of your God, you shall eat neither bread, nor roasted grain, nor new growth. It is to be a perpetual statute throughout your generations in all your dwelling place. So, this is the characteristics of first fruits, which is a picture of the resurrection of Jesus. And in fact, Jesus is also called in 1 Corinthians our first fruits. So, this is not just a Jewish feast, but from people from a back, uh, Gentile background should be aware of the significance and how God foreshowed the resurrection, not only the death and burial but the resurrection of our Lord Jesus.
2: And just to also explain, Shelley, that barley was an acceptable offering and the Passover lamb was also an offering unto God for the forgiveness of sins. It was the blood of the lamb. And when... John the Baptist was baptizing, and he saw Jesus, who was his first cousin. He didn't say, Hi, Jesus, welcome. He said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. And so we need to see the prophetic meaning of Passover— First fruits as pointing out the death, the blood of the Lamb, and the first fruits of the harvest that was Jesus being resurrected, never to die again.
1: It's powerful, and we need to see that the foundation of Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection are found in the Torah, in the Old Testament. So it's just a a tremendous fulfillment that he fulfilled, and we can only, when we read this, we can only appreciate Jesus more than ever before. And Jesus himself said to our
2: Jewish people, I've not come to destroy the law, but to fulfill it. And he was talking about all that was written of him, in the Torah, in the Prophets,
1: and in the Psalms. So that sheaf of of the first fruits was shake. I'm sure was waved before the Lord for one reason, for you, for Jesus, for the Lord to be accepted. In other words, He accepted that first fruits, and that was a provision, and assumed that because He accepted the first fruits. The entire crop would be accepted. Now, relate this to Jesus. Obviously, the Father accepted the resurrection of the Lord, and He was our first fruits, the first man to be dead, buried, and resurrected, and never die again. That's what it speaks of in Corinthians. And who are the first fruits? Company. It are all believers, those who are born again and accept Jesus as their Messiah and the Lord and King. So there's a powerful connection that we need to see, especially from a Gentile background, that the Hebraic roots are the the roots of the faith. So the first fruit was accepted, and therefore we know that we shall be accepted as part of the resurrection when Jesus returns. Now, it went on to say that uh, on that day you shall offer a male lamb without defect, and that's a picture of Jesus. He was the Lamb of God slain from the foundation of the earth before the earth even existed. So again, we see a picture of what was to come in these portions of Scripture. And it says, the, for, verse 14, Until the same day, until you have brought in the offering of your God, you shall eat neither bread nor roasted gro- grain nor growth. It is to be a perpetual statute throughout all your generations in all your dwelling place. This was to be observed forever. And again, the fulfillment clearly was Jesus as we're going to turn to first fruits. And, uh, if you have your Bibles, turn with us to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. This is the story, the, the, the resurrection of Jesus. Let's begin in verse 20. 1 Corinthians 15, beginning at verse 20. But now Christ has been raised from the dead the first fruits of those who are asleep. For since by a man came death, by a man also came the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, so also in Christ all shall be made alive. We are accepted. Our resurrection is assured because Jesus was accepted, as was the first fruits of the crop. They were all accepted. Verse 23, But each in his own order, Christ the firstfruits, after that those who are Christ at his coming. Then comes the end, when he delivers up the kingdom to the God and Father, when he has abolished all rule and all authority and power. That was verse 24. So again, I pray that each one of our listeners can grab hold of this journey. It is so powerful
2: and what's so powerful that read that last nine he, line he abolishes all authority and power and what that's saying to us is he gave lucifer authority and power to be prince of the air yes and yeah. when he returns he abolishes that authority because he came as the son of man and the Son of God, and he fulfilled Thank you, Lord. our offering, taking the curse upon himself, dying on a tree on the cross that we might become the righteousness of God. And another miracle, Shelley, is Saul was um, a rabbi who knew the scriptures. The only scriptures that existed after Saul got saved on the Damascus road were the Old Testament scriptures. And he went to Asia for 13 years and read the Torah, the prophets, the Psalms, all the scriptures that he knew from the time he was a little boy. And Paul wrote Corinthians. Paul wrote all the epistles. So the basis of the new testament the gospels and the epistles and revelation are all based in the old testament because there's one faith one god one baptism
1: amen just as a p.s i want to read something from first peter chapter one verses 18 and 19 knowing that you were not redeemed with perishable things like silver or gold from your futile way of life inherited from your forefathers, but with precious blood, as of a lamb, unblemished and spotless, the blood of Christ. That again goes right back to Jesus. So we need to see the foundations of our faith, the foundations of his resurrection were really spelled out in the Torah. Father, we thank you, Thank you, Lord. We thank you for the complete word from the beginning of Genesis to the end of Revelation. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. May people understand the depths of love that we should have for Jesus. We pray this in his holy name. Amen.
0: Thank you for joining us this evening.